Hello, my name is Bidem Yologunde and you are listening to episode 147 of the Bid Picture Podcast. On this episode, I will discuss inflation from multiple perspectives, how it is putting pressure on organizations in the tech industry to increase workers' salaries, and how these historic increases in workers' compensation and benefits then cycle back to contribute to inflation. So thank you for your time. Let's get to it. Okay, so U.S. inflation is at its highest rate in 40 years, reaching 8.5% in March from a year ago. Consumers are seeing prices rise sharply for various goods and services because strong demand is colliding with persistent supply shortages. Inflation is one of the most vexing problems that are facing economists and government policymakers, and it's a factor raising the risks of recession in the US. The causes of inflation are wide ranging, and the tools that are usually deployed to tame price pressures can, in some scenarios, push the economy into a recession. So what exactly is inflation? Inflation reflects the broad rise of prices or the fall in the value of money. It generally results from too much demand, chasing too few goods or limited services, therefore leading to price increases. Inflated prices don't necessarily hurt the economy, and only those consumers who are making purchases experience the increases. For example, the prices of both new and used vehicles have increased sharply, because of vehicle shortages that is caused by a lack of components used to manufacture vehicles, such as semiconductors. However, the increase in vehicle prices does not necessarily affect you unless you want to buy one. In addition, higher prices in one sector do not necessarily lead to general inflation across the economy, but price increases across various categories will weaken consumers' spending power. So let's talk about what causes inflation. So this current bout of inflation has so many causes, many of them linked to the pandemic. For one, consumers have been flush with savings from government stimulus programs from last year and limited spending on services due to the restrictions and lockdowns on businesses leading them to likely overspend on goods that are in scarce supply. Supply chain disruptions have also persisted across the global economy, with Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the recent rise of COVID cases in China also adding more pressure. Energy prices, including gasoline, have gone up, and truck drivers, slots at seaports, and warehouse spaces are all in short supply therefore leading to costly delays and the rising um, rates of shipping for goods. Um, there are also fewer workers in the labor markets, therefore encouraging those who are working to demand raises. And then low interest rates from the Federal Reserve have made borrowing cheaper, which makes making big purchases more attractive. So all these factors and so many others therefore drive up costs. And then, of course, at every step from production to sale, the added cost lead to price increases for consumers, and some companies are actually seizing on this rare opportunity to raise prices. 
So how exactly is inflation measured? Who came up with this 8.5% number? There are different ways to measure inflation, even among government agencies. The shorthand version comes from the U.S. Department of Labor, and that's the Consumer Price Index, or CPI. So the CPI is calculated using a survey of households, and it only covers spending on goods and services. It excludes expenditures that are not paid for directly, such as medical care that is paid for by someone's health insurance. So the CPI's limited set of expenditures can make it more volatile. The other metric is the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, also known as PCE. And this one considers a broader range of expenditures, including feedback from businesses to provide a more comprehensive picture of price changes. So this inflation reading, the, the PCE, is the Federal Reserve's preferred measurement. And then the Commerce Department releases its PCE estimate every month as part of its income and spending report. So these price increases we're talking about, how fast is it actually happening? So according to the Labor Department's February 2022 report, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, is up 8.5% from a year ago, with food and energy prices removed from the picture because both categories can be volatile. The CPI is actually up at a slightly lower rate of 6.5%. So these two readings, however, 6.5 and 8.5, they both show that price increases are widespread and well above policymakers' target for annual inflation, which ideally should be around 2% on average. So it should be around 2%, but now we have one measurement saying 6.5, the other one saying 8.5. Both numbers are way higher than the average 2% it should be. In addition, the ongoing war in Ukraine has boosted oil prices, with gas prices in the U.S. hitting a record in early March and therefore adding to already high inflation. So that pace is the fastest 12-month gain for core inflation in 40 years, which means about half of the U.S. has never seen a similar stretch of price gains. Prices are going up throughout the economy but then it's not uniform. Like I said earlier, used car prices rose 35.3% in March from a year earlier. Food prices rose about 8.8%, and even for that, it's the sharpest rise since 1981. Restaurant prices have increased by the most since the early 1980s. Grocery prices have increased about 10%, as the year-over-year -year meat and egg prices climbed at double-digit rates. So in this tight labor market, workers are getting raises. However, in real dollar terms, their money is not going as far as it used to. The annual wage growth is running at its fastest pace in 20 years, but inflation continues to outpace wages for most workers therefore eroding their spending power. Another factor affecting inflation is the expectations about rising prices. 
So suppose businesses believe there are widespread consumer expectations that prices are going up across the board. They may feel more inclined to raise their prices without the fear that their customers won't decide to go shop at their competitors' um, stores. So this can also lead employees to ask for higher wages from their employers because their cost of living has now gone up, which then leads to an inflationary cycle of wage price increases. Most economists believe that inflation should start easing this year, but remain elevated above pre-pandemic levels into 2023. However, as is often the case among economists, there is disagreement about the level where price increases will stabilize. So up next, I'll talk about how inflation is putting pressure on organizations in the tech industry to increase their workers' salaries. Stay with us. Welcome back. So as we now know, wage inflation in the tech sector is accelerating, therefore pressuring companies to boost compensation for key roles by 20% or more as they compete for a limited pool of workers who are skilled in areas such as cloud computing and data science. There is no single source of data on all tech jobs, but it is clear from a range of market analysts and executives that the demand for labor in the tech sector is rising. So during the first quarter of 2022, U.S. employers posted 1.1 million tech jobs, which is an increase of 43% from a year earlier. And that's according to CompTIA, which is an information technology trade group. Since the pandemic began, demand for workers to fill those jobs has been surging, therefore prompting companies to turn to remote work and other digital initiatives. In addition, inflation at a 40-year high and the ongoing war in Ukraine disrupting tech and outsourcing hubs in Europe both combine to push compensation for tech workers higher. The tech roles in greatest demand include cloud computing architects, data scientists and modelers, and machine learning experts. So Mondo, which is a staffing firm, said that on one end of the compensation range, cloud architects saw average salary increases of 25% between 2020 and 2022, while average salaries for software engineers rose about 11% over the same period. The rising cost of hiring and retaining top tech talent is creating challenges for chief information officers, CIOs, and other tech leaders, and has even caught the attention of CEOs. Wage increases in the tech sector can go as high as 20%, and in hot markets like Austin, Texas, the increases can actually get as high as 30%. So CIOs and other tech chiefs are under pressure to convince board members to approve higher spending for tech salaries that may exceed pay levels for other jobs. Given the tight labor market, the cost of running and maintaining IT operations is on the rise and the cost of investing in innovation is going up at an even faster pace. Wage pressures are also severe in Europe. 
For example, in Poland, the average wage increase is around 50%, and some highly paid workers have doubled their pay during the past year. However, rising salaries are not limited to veteran tech workers. Some hiring managers in the tech industry are offering recent graduates compensation packages that are in the six-figure range, compared with starting salaries of between $70,000 and $85,000 just a few years ago. Outsized gains in tech compensation, while increasingly common, are not universal. For example, at AT AT&T, salary increases in their technology services organization average just 5% this year. At Cisco, average pay levels for its software engineers across the U.S. rose between just 5% and 10% this past year. So up next, I'll talk about how these historic increases in workers' compensation and benefits then cycle back to contribute to inflation. Stay with us. Welcome back. So the compensation for workers in the U.S. snowballed in the first quarter of 2022 as a tight labor market put more money in workers' pockets while also keeping pressure on inflation. The U.S. Department of Labor said on April 29 that without adjusting for seasonality, business and government employers spent 4.5% more on worker costs in the first quarter compared with the same period last year. That marked the fastest increase in records dating back to 2001, and that gain eclipsed the 4% annual growth that was recorded during the fourth quarter of 2021. Compensation for workers also accelerated every quarter, rising at a seasonally adjusted rate of 1.4% in the first quarter of 2022, compared with a 1% increase in the fourth quarter of 2021. The growth reflected strengthening wages, salaries, and workers' benefits. So that has helped households continue to spend more to support the economy. The U.S. Department of Commerce said consumer spending rose 1.1% in March. Americans spent more on services like travel and dining and on goods such as gasoline and food, showing a willingness to spend amid the highest inflation in 40 years. Significant pay gains for workers reflect their increased bargaining power and threaten to keep inflation high. As a result, economists said companies need to pass on price increases to consumers to compensate for higher labor costs. Consumer prices rose 6.6% in March from a year before, up from February's revised 6.3% increase. This represented the fastest pace of increase since 1982. So the wage price dynamics hold implications for the Federal Reserve, which lifted its benchmark rate in March by a quarter percentage point from near zero to tame inflation. Central bank officials have signaled more increases are likely to follow. So we now know that employers' demand for workers far exceeds the pool of available job seekers. According to the U.S. Labor Department, there were 11.3 million job openings in February, compared with 6.3 million Americans who were unemployed and looking for work. 
Such a tight labor market makes recruiting workers more challenging and it has prompted employers to raise wages to entice workers with more robust benefits. So as a result, benefits rose 1.8% in the first quarter of 2022, which is the fastest quarterly pace since 2004, with workers in management, sales, and manufacturing jobs seeing significant gains. Higher compensation costs are among the factors that companies say are leading them to raise prices on goods and services. They also cite supply chain disruptions, high energy and commodity prices pushed upward by the ongoing war in Ukraine, and robust consumer demand. Rising prices are cutting into workers' pay gains. Adjusted for inflation, private sector wages and salaries fell 3.3% in the first quarter of this year from a year earlier. However, restaurants and bar workers bucked this trend as pay gains in the lower wage sector slightly outpaced inflation. The high rate of job switching is a key factor that could keep wage gains elevated. Workers who change jobs tend to reap more significant pay increases and pressure their employers to raise pay for their existing employees. Some businesses foresee the need to continue ramping up pay. However, some economists say more Americans are returning to the labor force amid waning pandemic savings and lower COVID case counts. As a result, more workers will be available to fill the openings and then take some pressure off the employers to pay more. So to wrap up, I discussed the ongoing inflation from multiple perspectives, how it is putting pressure on organizations in the tech industry to increase workers' salaries, and how these historic increases in workers' compensation and benefits then cycle back to contribute more to inflation. So that's all I have for this episode 147 of the Bid Picture Podcast. Thanks for listening. The Bid Picture Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alowinly Productions. Fact-checking by Zara Kuznetsova. Audio engineer, Sergey Gorski. Graphic design, Stacey Graham. Senior producer, Bidemi Ologunde. Executive producers, Olufolani Ologunde and Toby Loba Ologunde. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity's news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Beat Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at BeatPicture, on the Clubhouse app at Beat, as well as on the Wisdom app at BDME. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.